Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Crankshaft Podcast, show dedicated to all things horror. My name is RD13, and I'll be joining Roderick and Caveman in this episode as we discuss the found footage film Exists. So strap in, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the ride. All right, we can get started, though, if you guys yeah. want. Let me, let me eat one more <laughs> spicy chicken nugget. Have you guys tried the ghost pepper nuggets? I haven't. Uh, let the audience know more about it. Oh, are we recording? Yeah, I am. Oh, okay. Oh, well, they're, they're extra spicy. <laughs> they are actually really warm, and I wasn't not expecting sp- them. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. I, I wish we were. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> honestly. Um, have- Wasn't that something that they had before? Because that feels like something I've had before. It might be. Wendy's has spicy nuggets. Uh, I'm talking about like the ghost pepper stuff, because I, I swore they had something like that. I have no idea. Oh, well. All right, so, um, Roderick, what are we covering? Or do you go by Roderick? Yeah, I go by Roderick. Yeah. And okay. uh, for everyone that doesn't know, we have a we have a guest who's going to be a permanent guest. Um, it, it's me. <laughs> introduce yourself a little bit. All right, so um, anybody who doesn't know who I am, I am R. And I am the only non-VTuber streamer that works for Ents currently. Um and my thing is is horror, so this is kind of perfect for me. So I'm, I'm excited to be here with my friends and to do this, and this should be a good time. And of course, we have our lovely caveman, uh, you know, in, in, in the old call with us, and I am Roderick. And today we're going to be covering a, a uh, maybe, I, I wouldn't say classic, because honestly, it's less than 10 years old. And it's it's not a classic. It's a bit more of an obscure movie. It's it yeah, comes from an it comes from a nice connect. It comes from a nice collection of one of my favorite movies, yeah. which I've been slowly trying to get you guys, and especially for Artie, recently just saw it and loved it. So oh man, it's it, so good. <laughs> it's great. So the movie's called Exists, and it is uh, based around the. Um, the director, um, well, his his sort of interpretation of what Bigfoot would do in Texas, and so um, what an odd way to put that, but you're not wrong. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so Bigfoot, you know, you can call him Sasquatch, is a uh, cryptid, and if you don't know about him, I uh, I can't help you much. <laughs> There is so much lore and so much uh, tinfoil hats around Bigfoot and the society around him, or it maybe it's just one, or you know maybe it's a species. Are they really clever? You could go hours just talking about just Bigfoot. All right, so um, I'm gonna take a turn here since this is my first go. Um... Just to give you guys some information on the movie. Um, hold on. There we go. Um, sorry, my mic has started to fall apart for some reason. Now, Exists was released in 2014. It was directed by Eduardo Sanchez, who was the director for the Blair Witch series. So you had the Blair Witch Project, Book of Shadows. Don't go watch it. It's awful. And Blair Witch released in 2016. Now, 
I was really excited when I went to watch this movie, when Caveman was like, this is the one that I want to do because Eduardo Sanchez being the director from the Blair Witch Project directed one of my favorite movies of all time. The Blair Witch Project is one of my all time favorite movies. And it kind of fostered this love for found footage films that I have. Um, so for this to be the first you know, episode that I'm on with you guys, I'm actually really excited because just the, the genre of movie and everything and the director and all, it's uh, it was kind of really neat that they fell together like that. But um, so it is a found footage film, though. And, and so it's not for the, the visually faint of heart if you get motion sickness or queasy and stuff like that. Like the entire movie is shot with GoPro cameras. So... And, um, and it also has a cast of nine people. Yeah, interesting he, he mentioned GoPros. I was just talking to them just right before this was um, the the GoPro was released like 10, 10 years before. Um, 2004 or 5? 2004. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a decade before the movie came out. Yeah, so like the, the movie came out in March 2014 um, to a film festival. So I, I assume it was released as an uh, indie film. Um, before it got somehow got enough traction to be released in theatrical, which earned less than $42,000. But um, since the GoPro um, was like the main focus around the movie, I think it's really weird that like maybe he just thought since he had done the Blair Witch with a camera that it would give the same uneasiness with a GoPro. I, I mean, it, it definitely gives you the camera shake. <laughs> That's true. Of the original. Like, well, it, it either might be that or just sort of, you know, modernizing in a sense because, you know, with Blair Witch, everyone either had those sort of bulky cameras to deal with during their big documentaries. Shoulder, big shoulder cams. Yeah, shoulder mounted. You didn't really have like a handheld camera to work with or one that was commercially available at the time. Yeah, it makes sense that the camera shook so much because they spend a lot of time running, and you can't like they. You would literally just be like holding it down by your side, trying to run with that thing because they they were massive. Like, oh yeah, so like for exist the setting, I'm going to assume the setting is going to be like 2014 and whatnot. You sort of have to modernize that idea of it because it's not really going to be somewhat believable or practical unless your setting is in that time period to have like a bulky camera or whatnot. So GoPros are like the more modernized version of it to catch these, you know, for action shots, because even in the movie, that was essentially the whole setting for us. So a group of friends going up to a cabin in the woods in East Texas, going to have fun, make some YouTube videos. They do mention YouTube in the movie as well, so that's kind of funny. But they're, they're mountain biking <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, trying to get like neat footage for like people are awesome videos or who knows what. Um, but yeah, yeah. And they, like, swimming and all that stuff, you know, having fun out in the woods. Now, let's uh, you guys want to talk about the characters a bit because I feel like I feel like the characters were actually. <sighs> I'm not going to say that they were well done, but I'm not going to say that they were poorly done either. I have my favorite and I imagine you guys have your favorites. Um, but I think our favorites might align somewhere along there, but it's probably yeah. is your favorite Brian. Cause he's my favorite. Mine is still Todd. It's still Todd. Okay. 
<laughs> I, I'm not sure how to feel about that. We, we can get into it a bit in a bit. Yeah. How do you? How did you feel about the about the characters? So realistically, um, I believe it was Matt. Uh, let's see here. Trying to get his face again in my head. Matt's the older brother, I'm assuming. Yeah. The not yes. the nice one. Yeah. The nice one who was driving in the bike. Yeah, yeah the bike guy. Yeah, well, I, uh, realistically, Matt, like, I, I liked his character for, like, <laughs> the, the 15 minutes he was actually alive. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't make it far. It really surprised me that his brother was the first one to get attacked. Um, yeah, they did break, just, break a little stereotypes. And I they, did break, they did break a few stereotypes. I will say, like, the characters... Uh, so, in my opinion, and I, and I imagine it's something that, like, he, he thought out or, or something like that. Now, in the original, you know, in the Blair Witch Project, you spend a lot of time before crazy stuff starts happening with these characters and, like, ha watching them interact with each other and stuff like that. And it kind of builds this closeness with the characters to where you you care more about what happens to them as the movie goes on. I felt like it exists that... I wasn't given enough time with the characters, like interacting as people. Like you know, you've got no. You're right. You've got the scene with with Brian like sneaking up on Todd and his girlfriend and stuff like that. And you've got the interactions between Matt and Brian talking about their uncle Bob in the cabin and stuff like that. And all those things are humanizing things, but they're not humanizing enough for me to give any shits about the characters. And so once stuff starts happening, and you know people start getting hurt or the Bigfoot show like the Bigfoot was much more of an interesting character than all of the humans on screen. Um, oh, like I didn't movie, feel any connection. The movie was only like an hour and 20 minutes, long. 20 minutes. Yeah. So re realistically, um, it didn't overstay its welcome though, which a lot of found footage movies do tend to do. I felt like it had, they given maybe an extra 10 minutes of just a little more understanding of the characters. It might've been, more influential about how I cared about them. Um, it's called world building, guys. Play some D and D. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, I mean that's true though. Um, I definitely also felt that like um, the the use of um, the like the camera shots were actually pretty pretty enjoyable but like when if you had to actually think about the characters themselves um i i definitely will agree that we didn't get enough time to really sort of understand them because as like face front right off the bat they're in a car this just sort of goes into the beginning of the movie they uh follow the stereotype of bunch of college students going on vacation somewhere where they're not supposed to they're all drinking smoking and ha having a party on the road and you've got the awkward fifth wheel yeah there's always the awkward fifth wheel like the brother in the wheelchair in texas chainsaw massacre like there's always you know 
there's always that awkward fifth wheel and it, it is very like cookie cutter almost the way it's set up at the beginning now where i say oh. they actually since we talked about breaking a stereotype one of the biggest stereotypes that i i noticed right off the bat while watching the movie with caveman was instead of running they had a bunch of bikes and so he just takes the bike and says like i'll come back and get help you know i i can't say there have been many times or that 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 stereotype where there's like i'll go get help ignores the car or vehicle and goes off right like no I, well, I mean, it's just stereotypical enough that he's like, "I'll be back." Oh, yeah. But, but it, it does, it does break it a smidge by being like, "I'm gonna ride this bike off into the woods." Like, so look, I mean, at least, at least they had the forethought, especially the brother, which is like, hey, "I know this woods are dangerous. Something out there might kill you. Let me strap a GoPro to your bike just in case." We yeah, need if anything footage. horrible happens, we want a visual <laughs> document what it was. Like, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean... Yeah. It is, but it's still it's just like... Now, answer me this, though. Did Brian go back and collect all these fucking GoPros? Yeah, or were they found later? I mean, he would have had to have. I mean, right? Yeah, the... the, the uh, Depending... Bob owned that land... But there's still a, an angry Bigfoot. Should we get into the story? Because I feel like we're talking a whole lot. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I'll let one of y'all talk. I'm I'm doing a lot of talking. Right, I'm just excited. This is my first time. Okay, man. No, let's go ahead. Yeah, it's your movie. Give us a give us a synopsis. Oh, it's going to be a long-winded synopsis because there is a lot of stuff that happens. Like what was mentioned before previously, it all starts off your standard, you know, friends getting together for a cabin trip. You have the brothers, Brian and Matt, talking about, you know, our uncle has this land out in Texas and whatnot. He has this cabin. He's going to lead it to us, lend it to us. We can go out there, have fun and everything. You know, they stop. I believe they get, like, Philip on gas, too. They also buy fireworks and whatnot. The guy they buy it from is involved in, like, one of the nine cast members that they hired to do all this stuff. But yeah. it's still, like, you know, they got to buy fireworks, they have beer, the fifth wheel that was mentioned before, you know, he's obsessed with cameras and has all this set up as it means, you know, we're going to document all this, we're going to make YouTube videos, we're going to get famous. Also, a pothead, even though that has nothing to do with the story, but... The fifth they wheel always, they, is. The cabin in the woods, kind of, like, you know... The yeah, but, but here's, the, here's the thing, though. The cabin in the woods, for the fifth wheel to be a pothead, that technically helped in the story. Well, it, because, was, it was definitely, like, part of the story, like an integral part at the end. Because it wasn't just like, you know, hey, I'm quirky, you know, I smoke weed and all that stuff. But that, him being high sort of helped him not be affected by that delusional drug they kept were trying to pump in through the air. It, in a way, was sort of integral to how it all ended. In this movie, it didn't even matter. It just, at certain points, was just making him more paranoid when walking out in the woods of, come on, man, we could be friends. You want to smoke or whatnot? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, man, that's, you don't get high. <laughs> but again, it's just like, all right, get to that part, buying fireworks, they're going into the woods. You know, oh, yeah, we know this path clearly. Start driving down it. All of a sudden, it's like in the middle of the day too dark as they're still going down this same dirt road trying to get to wherever it is. 
unaware of what's going on. Definitely want to stop you right there for a second. Yeah, that, okay. that was a big thing that sort of messed with things <laughs> just a little bit was the fact that it was just like, all right, well, right now, I'm assuming time changes very differently here. Because <laughs> when they originally started driving, when they hit the the uh, um, the baby Sasquatch, um, it was dark. It was like yeah. dark, and then like when they turned in to the property, it was daytime. It wasn't quite daytime, but it was definitely like dusky, like not yeah, it was quite full dark. Yeah, so, it was still around that time because they've only spent in totality for the movie. They only spent about two nights in the cabin. Well, yeah, technically one the first, over two days. Technically, they only spent the second night in the cabin. The first night, once you know they finally get there, certain events I'll go back to and explain on a little bit. But you know, getting to the cabin, everything's just covered in leaves and dust and. Basically, unkempt. No one looks like it's. They've been living there for years and years, and it's just been disheveled. They at one point just open up a door to one of the bedrooms. There's just a hog start running around and just runs outside. <laughs> yeah, so, so quite obvious. <laughs> Uncle Bob does not hang out here very often. Yeah, but <laughs> he does not care about this thing, Like, there's there's a javelina, you know, just <laughs> sorry, Texas term, wild hog. Um, uh, that that uh, fuzzy pig. If you couldn't tell, I'm from Texas. That that was a straight giveaway there. Um, That's what made it fun because you're just like you would not be trying to corral that pig. But but like they're trying to corral this wild pig out of the house, and I'm just like, you know, <laughs> if that pig was really that pissed, like one of you would be gored right now, and yeah, it'd be dead. eating one of y'all's feet, like like. I don't. I don't think. That Fun fact, guys. How aggressive <laughs> pigs are. Pigs can chew through solid bone and digest pretty much anything. Yep, that's why if you own a pig farm, that's easy way to get rid of bodies. Is that a Canadian <laughs> reference? You got to pull the teeth and shave yes. the head, though, because it's it plays hell on the pig's digestion. And you just grind it up, mix it in with the gruel. Okay, now back to. <laughs> <laughs> um, Welcome to your first episode. <laughs> hey, so, but, um, so the first key thing to happen in this movie is, you know, as they're going around, Matt's still driving. Everyone else is asleep. You still have some cameras, however they're set up. Like you have some exterior shots of the car, like one interior camera. And one of these cameras, you can easily see it's a blink and you miss it moment that they hit what looks to be a giant Bigfoot and a child Bigfoot on the side of the road. They hit the child. No one knows exactly what happened. It wakes everyone up to an extent. Well, people in the backseat woke up first just to talk a bit more before they hit the Bigfoot and then, you know, go, hey, here's a lighter. Let's start burning, you know, Brian's beard a bit. But they hit this Bigfoot. They have it recorded. The, my first issue with this movie is you have this recorded, you play back the recording and see that you hit something. You realize that's not what a deer looks like. He even says and when they go back and look at it, he's like, it looks like it's walking. All right. You Wait. have, there is no mystery involved in what they hit because right off the bat, they're just like, <gasps> Brian's like, 
this if that's a bigfoot they're usually not aggressive what is one they immediately starts talking about this so there's not like what did we hit what you know what's going on it's just right off the bat but they still decide let's keep going yeah we, we hit a <laughs> uh, you know a what seven foot eight foot bipedal creature and its child it's fine and they can't get angry at us <laughs> Like, they're like, what's the worst second happen? They're peaceful. We we hit them with a like. I I don't know about you, but if someone <laughs> hit me with a car, and like just drove off, and I like saw them turn into their fucking neighborhood, I'd just be like, well, I'm gonna just go aggressively just approach them. Now. <laughs> I'm just gonna have a little chat. That's all I'm gonna have. Just a little chat. It's like they're really docile. There, there, there's never been a documented Bigfoot attack. Yeah, well, there's also never been a documented hit and run on fucking Bigfoot either. Like, I, I truly love when he brought up that statistic though. There's never been a documented attack by Bigfoot, bro. There's never yeah, because usually Bigfoot. <laughs> like, but it's trying to set it up as you know, all oh, these are peaceful creatures because. In a way, I can sort of see why they want to write that into the dialogue because a side note, technically it, it is an interesting fact, but it might have been why he brought up Bigfoot's or Docile. The actor they have playing the role of Bigfoot, Brian Steele, this movie is his second time ever putting on a Bigfoot costume because the first time was he played Harry at, in Harry and the Hendersons, if anyone remembers that movie. Oh my god, did he really? Yes. <laughs> Holy crap, that's amazing. This, this is his second role playing as Bigfoot. Because the first time pissed. he had a kid, the wife died or something, I guess, and then <laughs> he gets hit by some Texas hooligans. How would you feel? Now, yeah, now, where is Mommy Bigfoot? She, uh... She, unless, unless they haven't the specified board. gender, I don't know. Yeah, like, is, is Bigfoot asexual or what? Like, I just... <laughs> Reproduced by Buddy. They had to go to court. <laughs> they had to do a settlement. She took half of his house, and he just ended up with the kid. Now he's got an upside-down tree and a baby. Mm -hmm. She really enjoyed hanging out with the Hendersons, and he did not care for that capitalism. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that is a fun fact. So that was the first thought after hearing that. It's just like, why would he want to say docile and everything? And then realize, oh, he played, you know, Harry and the Hendersons. Could be a callback to that, maybe. I don't know, because I've never heard of Bigfoots being docile. Yeah, they usually you really just don't hear a whole lot about Bigfoots, mostly because, like, you know, people... But uh, what stories there are is, like, they're usually violent. <laughs> But, or at least scary. <laughs> like, well, so after after they like spend the night in the car, or actually, let's talk about the car thing, because uh, the chilling, car thing, like when they're just chilling, <laughs> when they're just chilling in the car, like they just start hearing loud screaming noises, and they're like, you know what, let's just stay here. <laughs> Yeah, dude's like, it sounds like it's crying. And my immediate thought was, yo, there wouldn't have been a movie if I were in the car. Because we'd be going home. Like, now. And they, and they I don't take know the if time I grew too. up in the mountains or oh, yeah. far from fucking Appalachia like I am. But if you hear some shit like that in the woods, leave. Go home. And they take the time, too, at, when hearing the scream, to just roll down the window. <laughs> Right. And listen and sit there and just be like, 
it's probably nothing. Yeah, we'll we'll deal with this in the morning. The scariest nothing I have ever heard. <laughs> because even the whole reason they're sleeping out in the car in the first place was because, you know, cabin needed to be fully cleaned. Even the beds were dusty as hell. And they did get attacked by a pig. Yeah, getting attacked by a pig, and Todd was the first one. Oh, hell no, I'm not staying in this cabin. Right. <laughs> Bro, if I got Which attacked is why he's one of my favorite later, characters. I would have gone home. To hell with the Bigfoot. Like... <laughs> I ain't trying to fight wild pigs, let alone an eight foot tall, like bipedal hairy monster thing. Well, it, but it, it's, it it's still just stories fancy. about like skinwalkers, um, right? Because which like, has gotten really popular recently. Hey, hey, can I come in? You know, I've heard stories about vampires not being able to come. You know, sure. Like even even if it was a vampire, it'd just be like, well, come on in. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. It's, it's the same sort of feeling that, that these teenagers sort of like give out. Just let's just put it off for later. We'll just we'll just stack our problems up. Right. Let's we just hit... invite chaos upon ourselves, please. Like we hit something weird. The fur in our grill doesn't look like deer. We're hearing weird crying, yelling noises out at night. Nah, let, let's deal with it in the morning. What did they do in the morning? Let's set up cameras. Let's do, you know, bike trails, running, swimming. It's like all they this. forgot all about it. One night sleeping, they forgot all about running yeah. over Bigfoot. It's not mentioned again at all until the next night. And Brian is the well, only well, not one really. Who cares. It's like the next day, in a sense, where it sort of gets mentioned again because, you know, after all that's happening, you know, Brian is starting to set up more of his cameras because he wants to walk out into the woods a bit, smoking, of course. Trying to talk, you know, or hey, Bigfoot, you want to hang out? Kind of peaceful, you know, trying to get its attention and whatnot. Stumbling upon, you know, Todd and his girlfriend Elizabeth slowly making out, and whatnot. He's like, oh my god, you know, got to zoom in the camera, whatnot, not making any noise. Now, I'm and pretty then, sure they were straight doing the dirty. They were close, honestly. The bra was off, but not nothing else happened. And then just off, like in the, I want to say the. Woods above them yeah, was. is where you sort of see Bigfoot roaming off. He, he was just like which, standing there, just awkwardly be like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> damn <laughs> kids, my yard." He was being watched, but it's still you just see Bigfoot walk away. So Brian has to make a noise, which you know for some reason Todd and Elizabeth doesn't hear the Bigfoot walk off, but they hear Brian yell, "Oh my God, what's that?" So like, you motherfucker, you've been recording us. Instead of looking at the recording and realizing, oh crap, there was someone else in the woods closer to us. Right, they it's just memory card. I'd have been like, no, cause just watch this, please. Like, there is something here. Can can we talk about the the absolute divine providence that Brian has to catch more footage of Bigfoot in a twelve hour span than every other human ever has in history? And setting up way more GoPros to get all these different angles. Yeah. There was some really good angles for, hey, I'm going to set up a few GoPros, climb up a fucking tree. Right? The one that watches the front of the cabin looks to be like fucking 14 foot up in the air. Like, perfect angle. Like, you would be, because on a GoPro, you can't see your footage until after it's recorded. So, how did he know that it was like spot on perfect, exactly where it needed to be? Yeah, because for GoPros, you can't just... There's not like a computer it hooks up to and anything. It all records on the SD card that you take to a computer. Yeah. At that time, nowadays it might be different, but at that time, it was all just SD cards moving around and everything. I think it's still like that, honestly. 
Yeah, I don't think GoPros don't have screens. I thought either way, I still make the just opinion that GoPro should have gone into security cameras too. I think GoPro should have sponsored this movie. I mean, it would have helped them nowadays. I think the GoPros that they had, they probably should have. They definitely should have. Dude was buying all kinds of like aftermarket parts for his GoPros and stuff. Probably majority of their budget went into GoPros. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Out of the $42,000 this movie made, $20,000 of it was spent on like 90 GoPros that they just stuck all in the woods. But so basically after all that, you know, people, People are a bit mad at each other, yada, yada, brother talking to brother. How could you do something like this? There's something out in the woods and all this stuff going on. Cut to that night has like a little time lapse or whatnot, as most of these movies do nowadays. Is it, it before to- or after that night when when they the brothers, Matt and Brian, mentioned that their Uncle Bob, like, he's told stories about after. seeing something out there in the woods? It was after. It's after. After, okay. Yeah, I'm, act- I'm actually getting up to that part, too, because... <laughs> Oh, no, you're fine. At least catch me in a train of thought and whatnot. But, you know, everyone, four people are in the house having a party or whatnot. Brian decides, I'm going to sleep outside in a hammock. Still has a GoPro, just, you know, focusing on his face and has, like, a night vision camera to look around in the woods in case he sees something. Obviously getting his smoke on again. Of course. Of course. Falls asleep for a bit, falls out the hammock, you know, decides to go look around because he thought he heard something out there. And then gets jumped by... Matt and Todd that just, you know, scares him and shoots him with paintball guns until they start hearing screaming in the woods. And then everyone just runs back into the cab. Yeah. He's like, see, guys, I told you, I told you. It's like, what, what, what was weird about that part was like, honestly, they, they close all the doors and they're just like scared and they just hear all the banging on the walls and doors. I just imagine during that, during that part when the, uh, Sasquatch was like going around knocking on them all. He's just like, I'm gonna scare the fuck out of these kids. Just they wait. Just hey, knocking hey. on the doors and windows. Just, would you like to hear about a Lord and Savior? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was a bit odd, like, especially considering, like, you're talking about, you know, Bigfoot. Now, I, you don't ever really get a clear still image of this thing until the very end. But it doesn't actually look remarkably huge. But at the same time, I imagine it would have had absolutely no trouble actually getting inside. It was a bit odd that it took so long for it to get inside to me. Like, I feel like all of that would have happened, like, the first night. Well, it's not even that. Like, even for the outside shot they had of showing Bigfoot going up the stairs, he's just crawling up the stairs at first and then just standing up. Like, I guess it's one of those things that they're trying to hide it and trying to hide what Bigfoot looks like, quote unquote, just in the shadows in a sense to give it that big, more of an unnerving. Even though there are better ways to do this. God, what was there was one show I remember watching as a kid. What was it? Uh, it's like Animal. It was something old, really old on the Animal Planet back in the day that did a lot of these like mockumentary found footage styles like these. 
Oh, one of yes. them they were like about the chupacabras and vampires. chupacabra like yeah, vampire thunderbirds yeah. and all that stuff one episode was about bigfoot and the entire concept around that was you had a park ranger and how they essentially how the whole introducing bigfoot and aspect like that is you rarely saw him little snippets here and there but to sort of get this presence and overall feeling of what it is like you had a hunter harassing and almost trying to kill this park ranger. Bigfoot comes in and just literally kills and shreds the hunter. So you can set up little things like that to be like this entity out here in the woods is terrifying because what unfortunately happens with a lot of these horror films is the minute you see the monster, the tension is gone. Yeah. There is... There is no more fear that happens because now you can see something. And once you can see it, especially in a movie aspect, you can just pause the film, look at it and just be like, oh, that's kind of goofy. Yeah, it was for this movie. It wasn't a bad design overall, especially when you saw it at the end. But it was still just a bit goofy more in the mannerisms of what was going on. Yeah, in the light of day, it looks a bit hanky, but not so hanky that it's like completely unbelievable. Well, even at night, whenever you're having, all right, Bigfoot needs to climb up these stairs. How is he going to climb up these stairs? He's going to crawl up like these stairs. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah, like, he is bipedal, and you're making him look like he's smart throughout the entire movie. But gosh darn it, stairs are his one confusion. He doesn't, he can't turn a doorknob. <laughs> but he knows to destroy a car. He knows how to destroy a car and what a car is. Yep. Well, I mean, they did run his baby over with it. <laughs> like... Okay. Well, so let's let's think about that for a second. So, like, he he's destroyed the thing that killed his child. Like, if he wasn't more, if he wasn't smarter, then why would he just be like, oh, well, like, I I I avenged my child because the thing that killed my child is dead now. Yeah. Why does he continue to go after the human after he has technically destroyed the thing that you know? caused his pain initially but obviously he's sentient enough to be like these assholes were driving the car yeah but the, then it it comes down to okay well he can he can get that much train of thought down but door handles off limits right um, this this is still going to lead into another movie i want us to watch later on i'll mention it afterwards but you, you still gotta love those shots of just looking through the windows like they always do, and this is like, is it still out there? Got to look through the windows, turn on the night vision, and there it is. Ob obligatory jump scares. But it's yeah, right there at an open window scare. that you should be able to still see anyways. But it's just like it's completely dark outside. Like turn on the night vision, I see it. Holy crap, it's there! So they basically have to deal with all that. <laughs> I will say, you no, know, his, and I feel like it's more a sign of the times that that was in there. Um, <laughs> Because the Blair Witch Project didn't have, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've seen it like 900 times, but there's not a single jump scare in the Blair Witch Project. There's the only moments and loud noises, but there's nothing that like jumps at the camera or anything like that to like artificially elicit that response. Like all of the fear is done through tension building. That's true. Well, and even probably the only jump scare in the Blair Witch was that what happened at the end of it of, you know, it's classic, you know, someone just 
staring in a corner. Then the camera drops. Yeah, I mean, I guess that could be. It technically counts because just like something just happens, you don't know. But even in that movie, same director, the pacing was a bit different because how Blair Witch burn. Well, even how Blair Witch was set up, you had the quote unquote the documentary beforehand to give people information what was going on create this fictional town and this fictional legend oh it's not a fictional town that's a problem oh, too. but i know i know but in the setting that. in the setting of the movie be like you know you have this town like they brought in actual people just to talk and not hand them a script or anything and be like you know what do you think about this setting up this sort of background for the movie and then even with the moving, having all the actors out in the woods with camping gear and everything, that the entire movie was just, it's essentially improv. All really? the only cue cards they were ever given was whenever they woke up and in front of their cabin was with a letter with their character's name on it saying, here's where your character is mentally. Here's like sort of given a path line of here you are. Here's where we need you to be by the end of the day. Start filming. And then at nighttime, you just have the production crew just hiding in the woods, just playing eerie stuff on speakers. I wonder if they did the same thing for this movie. I, I don't think so. It doesn't have the same feel if they did. It doesn't. So, like, the, the thing about, and and I keep bringing it up, but only because it was such, like, an important movie to me when I was younger and stuff, but, like, it, it was very obvious that a lot of the Blair Witch Project was very authentic, at least emotionally. Like... It, the fear that you see and stuff is real. Like they, they are afraid because they they really aren't aware of what's going to happen each night and stuff like that. Like this movie definitely has a much more scripted feel. I'm not going to say that the characters didn't play their emotions well. I'll say Todd maybe was a bit overboard, like <laughs> a bit, especially <laughs> towards the end. Yeah, it gets worse and worse as time goes on. But it's definitely much more scripted emotion. So, but not 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 poorly scripted or poorly done, really. I would say. Um, but I still personally think that the best and worst written character was Brian. Like, he's the best written character for me because I just really like his character. Mm-hmm. But all around, like, he's the worst written one because I feel like they tried to make him this like silly stoner guy. And well, okay, well, I'll disagree a little bit with that. I honestly thought that Uncle Bob was the worst ring character. Uncle Bob's got four lines. <laughs> he didn't have enough screen time to be a character. Yeah, Uncle Bob's is a footnote. And then he's a ball. <laughs> well, like, dur- during parts of the movie, they, they tried to build him up. Like we were talking about earlier, they were trying to, like, build him up as this badass. And, yeah. And, you know, well, I wouldn't really necessarily... Or at least someone oh. reliable and able to he was the situation. I would say, yes, write him up as reliable, but, like, okay, so after Bigfoot attacks the cabin and everything, everyone sits down, you know, just starts talking, all right, what the hell's going on? Matt and Brian pretty much admit, one, our uncle doesn't know that we're out here. Two, he left and abandoned this land and never came back because, you know, he kept saying he was seeing weird stuff, hearing weird stuff, encountering weird stuff out in the woods that everyone just thought he was crazy. There, There is a buildup of he was the reliable one because what happens after this event is basically, you know, Matt gets on one of the mountain bikes that he's getting ready to go. Once I get out to a good portion and get signal, I'm going to call for help. 
It's the whole I'll come back with help shtick. Yeah, it's essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to one of my favorite scenes, but once we get there, but it's the entire aspect of we're going to call 911 once we get signal. This is what you get for not having Verizon as a carrier, but you know, that's my that's opinion. <laughs> this dude but it, like like AT&T or Sprint. But it's always your standard thing of, you know, you're out in the woods, you have no signal. Oh, we got to go out until we get signal and call help and get help here and whatnot. So, you know, send him out there. Strap him up full of GoPro so you can see everything and all that stuff. Fine. Excellent. More stuff for footage. You got the people still back at the cabin. And then Matt is just off on his own, still having conversation. You know, like, what exactly is going on here? Brian's still trying to bring up and discuss Bigfoot and all that stuff, and there's still some resistance to that. It's like, that's not what's going on. And it, it it blows my mind, because, like, realistically, if one of you just came and was just like, dude, I saw Bigfoot, I'd be like, all right, do you have proof? Because I'm not going to fucking, I'm going to think you're going a little batty. He'd be like, no, yes, actually, and then shows me it, I'll be like, what? Well, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> like, well, it's... <laughs> It's one thing for someone to just come up and say, you know, I saw this and whatnot. They were in a situation where they were basically, they had their cabin assaulted by Bigfoot. Where they all and have they footage. They literally ran him over. Like, well, that, like they have footage. Think about it. When they were in, in the cabin, he turned on the camera and then saw um, the, the Sasquatch. Through the window. With the, with the night vision. Yeah, the jump scare. Yeah, but they were still, you know, a bit trying to shrug it off. It's like, man, that's not what's going on. But it... Oh, okay, then <laughs> what? Is it just a very tall, hairy man who's trying to murder you? With odd-looking <laughs> teeth. That's Yeah, that's equally as scary. <laughs> it's the Hills Have Eyes Forest yeah, Edition. That's what I was going to say. It's like a seven-foot hairy cat. <laughs> Great. Nothing's changed. We're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather it be Bigfoot. <laughs> But it's it's like, you know, he's not crazy. He's just not a human. But it's like, granted, towards the end, they sort of like agree what it is. But at the beginning, even after all this evidence, she's like, nah, I can't be that. What are you talking about? It's just, you know, it could be a deer. It could be a hog. Trying to, I understand trying to like rationalize it to an extent. But when you have footage of it and you're staring at it, you can't just say, this isn't what I think (laughs) So, you know, still having conversations. Matt's on the bike, slowly trying to get signal, doing a great job of pedaling and holding his phone up, just trying to get no, signal. We actually missed a point in the story there. Now, there's a reason why Matt's on the bike and why they don't just get in the car and leave. Oh, yeah. Because that first night after Bigfoot's knocking around the cabin, like, ooh, spooky, he leaves and destroys their car. Like, destroys it puts a tree through the like roof and everything like and apparently this car is just around the corner seemed a lot further away the night before like yeah as they were walking to the cabin it looked farther but then it just bigfoot just wanders off and five seconds later is destroying the car that sounds like it's just around the corner like i I figured that's what it was gonna do when it left like i i had this feeling i was like there's a perfectly (laughs) good car out there that they're gonna use to escape unless and then bigfoot like you hear the glass breaking and metal crunching and no one in that cabin is like fuck bigfoot's destroying our car like 
What else out there in the woods sounds like that? Yo, that, like, it, it, that, that whole scene effectively turns into Blanca and Street Fighter 2 destroying the car in that stage. Yes, yes, pretty much. It's just Honda with the fast hands. Slap <laughs> <laughs> it, boy. Him a Judy chop. Okay, that was a point that I missed, but still, it's just like... <laughs> You would think after that point, you just say, screw it, pack up your stuff, you have the bikes, just go, just get out of here. No, they just send one person out, because apparently they are still on the hope that maybe Uncle Bob will realize the keys to this cabin is missing. Forgetting that they just said Uncle Bob has not been back to this land for years. So obviously he would not give a shit about the keys. You, you think like he would just like constantly just walk to his front door? All right, my keys to the cabin's still there? Yep. <laughs> and just continues on with his day. Like, why would he still have the keys if not just either burnt somewhere, melted down, or just locked away? They're making it sound like he just had it hanging up somewhere and they just yeah. snatched it. But yeah, if Uncle Bob is so concerned about people going out to this cabin, why were the keys so easy to steal? No offense or anything, but Matt and Brian don't seem like geniuses or like you know, expert burglars. So, I mean, it's obvious he had the keys hanging out in his junk drawer or some shit. And they just, you know, got Uncle Bob drunk enough to start talking. It's like, where's the keys to this cabin? So we know what to avoid. I will say, seeing Uncle Bob towards the end of the movie, they probably didn't have to get him drunk. He was probably that way already. Fair enough. Uncle Bob. Like, find me an Uncle Bob that don't drink. It's true. Find any kind of uncle in these horror movies that doesn't drink. That's also true. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's sort of like, he's a distant relative that we don't talk about too much. Why is that? And he holds the secret to all. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Bob's been living the second life, bro. <laughs> we don't hang out with Uncle Bob because every time we hang out with Uncle Bob, he starts talking about cryptids and shit. After saying, like, he's seen it, he knew what he saw and all that stuff. Uncle Bob's kicked it with Bigfoot. He rode on Nessie's back one time. Hang out with the Jersey Devil, one poker. When, when are we getting that uh, Chupacabra horror movie? Oh, is there a Chupacabra horror movie? I know they're working on a Wendigo movie. It's called Antlers, and the director is Guillermo del Toro, so I'm excited for it. that one. I'll watch Anything that. that Guillermo del Toro makes, I'll watch. <laughs> That's the only one that I know for now. I love it how we uh, just enjoy his movies in unison. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch. Yeah, it. boy. <laughs> for him, he, he's an expert at Spanish, like doing Spanish horror and whatnot. That is his background. Mm -hmm. Now that he's getting into horror more, like even for Antlers, that, it's a win to go. I'm excited. I'm excited for that because it's a rarely used concept. Was he not the director that did uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that they recently came out with like a mm -hmm. couple years ago? I've, I've not, I've not had a chance to see it, but I really want to because I grew up reading those books. Like my only my only complaint for that movie was that it should have been a series, which each small episode just being each story. Well, so they, they would have been like an anthology thing, like the Creep Show movie back in the. Yes, it is. He helped with the story. Yeah. No, um, well, the director of uh, well, uh, Ed Eduardo Sanchez, he actually did uh, um, VHS 2. 
which is another one. The first two VHSs, which I hope we can look at soon. Yeah, no, I I, I would be definitely down to, to do that. The third one, I hope that we miss because it jumps the shark. Yes, eh. <laughs> and I think, I know they're working on another one. I believe it's on Amazon or whatnot. Yeah, it's going to be one of those like Amazon originals. Um, what I would like, uh, just sort of round this episode off, is yes, VHS um, ninety four. <laughs> I want you to describe your favorite scene. So my favorite scene is the one that we are coming up to with Matt on the bike going through the woods. Finally reaches to a point where he does get signaled. It's about one bar or so, so it's a bit spotty. Trying to call 911, you know, give their location of where they're at. We got something in the woods attacking them. Loses signals, trying to call back again. And then he just hears off in the distance. Bigfoot starts screaming. And he looks over, he starts getting freaked out and everything. Hops back on the bike. I'm pretty sure he's not heading back in the direction of the cabin. He's just going off, trying to probably at this point trying to reach the highway to get the civilization. Trying to outrun the Bigfoot. So as he's riding the back bike faster and faster, getting more scared, looking over to the side of the left side of him, and there he sees Bigfoot running right next to him in the woods. And then <laughs> And then Bigfoot just decides, you know, to come out of the woods and tackle him off the bike. He, like, shoulder charges him off the bike. (laughs) It is a fantastic scene because it just ends with a leg being broken, trying to run, like, trying to hobble away and everything. The Bigfoot's getting closer and then just grabs him. And this Bigfoot bicycle chasing goes on for a lot longer than you would expect it to. Yeah. We're talking about a solid like minute and a half of Bigfoot chasing this guy through the woods on a bicycle. It's also it's... weird to see this dude frantically biking away. Like when when someone runs away, you can you can see the urgency and 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 their run. Uh, but in this in this bike scene, he just he his his feet move slightly faster. Like he doesn't change. Like, I actually don't think that, that bike had gears on it. I don't. Remember. I don't think so. No, I don't think it did. Okay, but I would have laughed even more if he went into like a lower gears, just so it'd be easier for like panning on the on the picture. But his feet are just moving like as fast as possible, <laughs> and then just looks over to the woods and there's Bigfoot just basically jaunting along right beside him, saying, "Howdy, neighbor. How's it going?" <laughs> I, I heard you guys just moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> just straight up just him. <laughs> this is how we say hi here. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the the entirety of that event just ends, you know, all that. Everyone's back at the cabin concerned what's going on. Don't worry. He's a great biker. He's, you know, the top in his class and all that stuff. He'll make it. And then they just hear a giant thud that happens on the front porch. And there's the crumpled up bike. <laughs> And it, the, the, maybe it's someone else's bike. Maybe. maybe. Oh yeah, that that was funny. <laughs> Until they see the GoPro. <laughs> Until they see the GoPro, it's like, oh it's no! Off like ten minutes ago. <laughs> that is my favorite scene. So uh, I'm gonna jump with Freddie already. My favorite scene, honestly, mm-hmm. was they're following the path, and they're like, you know what? Let's take the old 
shortcut trail that we used to do. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it'll 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 go real quick, and we'll we'll get there really fast. And half the time, I think he says. Yeah, yeah, half the time to get back to the road, and usually, most of the times, uh, unless you're going around a mountain or something, the road is the quickest point to the road. Yeah. Because you're like, that's why it's there. Because it was the easiest path. It was the easiest path to craft, you know, uh, to the main road. Also, Mm. you get rid of all the, all the shrubs and bushes and trees that you have to walk around, dip, dive and jump over along the way. That that's usually the reason why roads are, used frequently even even um like animal passageways the reason animals sort of follow the same path as other animals have is one it usually leads to water but two it's clear of most things that would block them so they use less energy Mm. path of least resistance Mm -hmm. exactly so I, I just thought it was really ironic how these guys just sort of look, we used to take this path. And, I, and they're just pointing at, like, Thornbrush. And <laughs> my mind just goes, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yet again, or a moment where I just put myself in the shoes of one of these guys and should have just, I would have just turned to them and be like, you guys go ahead. I'm going to keep going this way. <laughs> right. All right, already. Go ahead. All right. My favorite part of the movie was, was the the dearly departed Uncle Bob. So, as Caveman told you, like I had mentioned earlier, you know, just to kind of give you guys a bit more information on Uncle Bob, like they when they when Matt leaves to to try to get help, <laughs> the first person he calls is the cops. Doesn't really work out. So then he calls Uncle Bob, who does answer the phone, and he's like, "Uncle Bob, we're at the cabin that you told us never to go to, and there's a monster. It's like it's bad." And you hear Uncle Bob in the background. He's like, "Cabin, cabin," and so like, you know, by the end of the movie, after everyone other than one character is dead, Uncle Bob shows up to save the day. Now, Uncle Bob shows up and shoots Bigfoot with a shotgun. Um, and so him and Brian go running off, you know, through the woods back to his truck and, and Brian's like, I'm so sorry. It's our fault. We stole the keys. There really is a Bigfoot. And Uncle Bob's like, shut up, kid. We'll worry about it when we get to the truck. And I was like, fuck yeah, Uncle Bob knows what's up. And so they get back to the trail and you see the truck and you're like, holy shit, they're going to get out. And then Bigfoot just like a, like a stealth assassin just comes barreling out of the fucking brush tackles uncle bob and just like one shots him i don't like yet again so little effort uncle bob was killed in in seconds yet again the linebacker sasquatch learns how to shoulder charge yet another person (laughs) he shoulder charged uncle bob so hard that he didn't even have to try to kill but immediately like and I feel like there's so much buildup to Uncle Bob showing up and saving the day that for him to just be shit whipped right off the mortal coil in like 40 seconds was, 
I mean, I laughed. Like, I legitimately yeah. laughed that, that Uncle Bob got just laid out like that immediately. Like, that was my favorite part of the whole movie. Like, it wasn't a scary part. It wasn't a part that was important to the story. I was just like, yay, Uncle Bob's here. Never mind. Like. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, as uh, uh, something I kind of wanted to new to sort of do for our movies um i do want to give it a uh a rating um but because we are a horror podcast um i i I wouldn't just want to do um any normal rating so we're we're going to change up the ratings depending on the film we watch because this is horror but this is like a campy horror so we can't say you know, okay, well, this really scared me to the core because obviously not a single part in this movie that made me tremble in my boots. Um, I, I would like, you know, sort of a, you know, something out of, you know, 10, make it a little, little easier on, on, on movies like this. But as a horror movie, what would you rate this already? As a horror movie? Well, like, oh, let me rephrase that. As or just a, as a as a movie in general. As as a movie that you enjoyed. Um, okay. Because I, it did sound like all of us enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Now, as a movie I enjoyed, I'd probably give it a solid seven Sasquatches out of ten. Mm-hmm. Like it had good. It had a good story. It was. It was. It was fun to watch. You know, it was lacking here and there, and all parts that aren't really that important for a movie like this like you know you're not gonna have any oscar winning performances or anything but for an entertainment kind of thing it was entertaining and i, w- I would recommend it to anyone who's a, a fan of found footage films all right okay man i honestly be going along the same route you have the beginning portion which starts off a bit more fanatic where there really is no build-up to what's going to happen. It just throws everything at you in, like, those first 10 to 20 minutes, in all honesty. Yeah. The overall, especially for the ending, sells it. I'm going to have to give it somewhat of a same rating because of that. It's still fully entertaining. It's fully fun. I just want, and like, in a collection of movies, if I had this as a movie, I would. Because it's one of the more fun ones out there. It's more campy than anything else for a horror aspect. Okay. And that's what I love and appreciate about it. Uh, I would rate it a uh, 7.5 cryptids out of 10. Um, I thought that some of the things that really stood out to me the most, it was actually the music, um, was kind of interesting to hear throughout the entire movie the only part of the music i didn't like was the when they were doing the bmx scene where they were Mm. like really reliant on the punk scene to sort of use that as a a music to sort of catch the attention of of uh you know the, the demographic that they were going for most likely males between their 20s and 40s um, but besides that, the, the music and the rest of the movie, I actually kind of enjoyed, um, the film 
itself being found footage is obviously a, a plus. I, I do find that it made it more entertaining if every than if everything was very still. I think that his choice on that, honestly, he knew how to do it, so he stuck with it. Um, but I, I will also say that um, it being funny at certain times and the fact that I was able to sit through it um, while making fun snarks showed that it was just a, a good enough movie that I, I, I could sit there and really just in, enjoy my time. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I know it's not, for a lot of people, I know it's not going to be your average what you expect for a horror film, but in all honesty, especially for a podcast like this, this I view will view this more as a palate cleanser considering what the previous topics were all about. Yeah. So we we got to throw in some levity whenever we can. Well, I can't wait for you guys to let me pick the movie because... Well, exactly, and I, I still have a bit more of these other palate cleanser type movies to just pepper in because it... in between us, uh, in between us doing like something really heavy or really, uh, um, you know, thrilling or or scary, we will put in these sort of campy movies or movies that we just thought were unique in their own way. So, because we did Ichi the Killer first, and then we went to this, um, I'm thinking that we go. Him and back to the opposite direction, and I am gonna allow Artie to choose our next uh, movie or game or book or whatever he wants in the horror genre to sort of uh, have us talk about next time. So, wh- what do you think it is? So, it actually is a movie, um, and it's gonna be I'll do some digging, I'll find it again. Um, now, there was a, a movie that I rented from a blockbuster if that tells you how long ago this was. Um, but it's a it's a movie, it's definitely a B movie, um, called Necromentia. Um, yeah. Well let's uh, let, let's hold it there. People people hear it and uh, and I'm I'm hoping that at least with the name itself, because I mean that is a pretty unique name, that <laughs> that will bring uh, people to either start looking it up on their own or if uh, you just want a little tidbit about it uh wait till our next podcast episode and we'll talk about it then i appreciate everyone for coming and listening to our uh little spiel here on exists um like always i i would like to give a thanks to uh ends gaming for um being supportive of our podcast and um you know re- real really uh doing all their all their best in uh, manga, comics, and uh, even our streamers and VTubers. So we we hope to see you in a week or two on our next podcast, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Take care. And if anyone is interested, especially in watching this movie exist, for this one, I know you can find it on YouTube. I believe you can also find it on Amazon if you are interested. If this has intrigued you in any ways to view movies like this, we were at least try to do stuff like along this lines of, hey, if you're interested, here's where you can go find it. So you yeah, can watch yeah. it on your own. Other than that, thank you and have a good day.